we are still in the thought of authority. We have looked at the different thoughts that of different uh, things when it comes to authority, the Bible being our standard of authority. How does God give us instructions? Um, we, we're going to look eventually at God's silence is not permission on things. Uh, but today we're going to look at the thought of authority about the things of why we do what we do in the Lord's church. And as a religion, and as religion as a whole. And we have to ask ourselves when any religion, now I could start naming different names of all these different faiths. I mean, I've got family who fall in all of them. But I'm thankful that somebody in my family believed and learned the truth. Somebody had to change. Somebody had to realize that what we were doing was not according to the Bible. So in our lesson today, it is entitled, Is It From Heaven or Is It From Men? In our scripture in Matthew 21, in verses 23 to 27, we see that our Lord and His authority is called into question. And it's called into question by the chief priests and the elders of, of Israel. But I want you to notice, as he's teaching here in the temple, I want you to notice with me a few interesting things. Now, notice we know about the elders there and, and the priests and, and all the Sadducees and all the, And with all their flaws, with all the issues that they had, and it kind of reminds us of ourselves today with all the flaws we have. They still recognize the need for religious authority. With all the issues they had. You can take a man today who is involved in things in this life that are sinful. And most of them will still recognize the need for religious authority and they will recognize there is a God and they'll recognize there was a Christ who came and who died for each one of us. That's the first thing. The second thing I want you to notice about them is that Jesus, or about the situation, that our Lord did not casually brush off their question. He didn't brush off the question aside and say, well, I'm really not going to deal with this. I'm really not going to answer anything. I'm really not going to, to, to even give them the time of day or give them any uh, words with whatever about it. I don't want to hurt their feelings. He didn't, he didn't deal with it that way. He didn't casually brush it aside. He countered their question with a question. And it was a question about the authority with one of his own. His question, if you, if you noticed in the scripture there, had to do with the authority for John's baptism. And he asked that question, did it come from heaven or men? 
So we have men who are, are religiously flawed. We have men who are flawed with all their flaws, still recognizing religious authority. We have our Lord not just brushing it off and not dealing with it. And then we have the men are caught between a rock and a hard place. If the men answered the question correctly, saying that it came from heaven, it would have become evident to all they had rejected heaven's authority. So they were between. If they said one thing, they were condemned by the people. If they said one other thing, they were condemned by God. And so from this exchange, our Lord teaches us something here about authority and religion. And it was something we need to really make note of this morning. Either the authority, and, and authority meaning by, by what law or by what commandment or by, by who says that these things are okay, we need to know that either the authority, even today in 2023, either comes from men or it comes from heaven. And we have to be the ones who find that out. So what about authority from men? Sometimes men want to get their authority from tradition. You see, we have a problem with that. And what I mean by that is when a man or a person gives men the authority to say, this is how we should worship, or this is how one is saved or not saved, we have a problem because they're putting it above the scripture that's found in the Bible and what the Bible has, has taught. So sometimes they put it out by tradition. They're guilty of putting above God. And they're more concerned about man's tradition. Matthew 15 and 3 through 6, you see this on the screen there. It says, the answer is said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God? By what? Your tradition. So is it possible today in 2023 that we can transgress the authority of God by implementing our traditions? Yes, it is. It is very easy to do that. And we have to be careful that in the religious realm that we do not do that. We cannot allow tradition to direct us on how we worship. Now, some traditions are okay. We do the Lord's Supper at the end of the service. We're not commanded anywhere in Scripture to do it before or after, but we're commanded to do it on the first day of the week. You see, it's that simple. So some are, are by tradition. He goes on to say, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother. He that curseth father and mother, let him die of the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father and his mother, It is a gift, by whosoever thou mightest be profited me, and honor not his father and mother, he shall be free. But ye have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition, he says again. Some men want to find authority through emotions. Oh, it feels good to me. 
Oh, boy, when I go to church and, boy, they strike up the band and, boy, they go to hollering and singing and doing all these things. Boy, that makes me get charged and, boy, I'm just ready to go. You see, religion is not about emotion. Religion is about doing what Christ has taught and what the Bible says in the right way in a decently and in order manner. You see, we have, to, we have to understand those things. We have to understand Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is what? The ways of death. You see, one today in 2023, in some religious uh, realms and in some religious buildings, it seems right. Well, this is what mama done. This is what daddy done, grandma and grandpa. It, they were good people. And ain't nobody saying that they weren't good people. There's a lot of good people who don't know the truth. But do we have authority or what they do or what they're doing? Is it authority from heaven? Is it authority from some man? From their pastor? Or from a group down in Nashville? You see, we have to find our authority from heaven. Acts 26, 9 through 11. I verily I, I thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did. I shut up in prison. Now what's Paul recounting here? When he was Saul, and notice what he says. He says, I thought I was doing what was right. I compelled them to blaspheme, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them into strange cities. He said, I, I thought I was doing what was right. Some want to go to the majority. They find their authority with the majority. In the book of Genesis, in chapter 6 and verse 5, in the days of Noah... God saw that the wickedness of man was what? Great on the earth. And every imagination of their thoughts and of their heart was only evil continually. You see, a lot want to go with the majority. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to base my decision upon the majority of what whoever's doing, the most people are doing. Well, let me tell you. You'll find yourself at the end of time and the day of judgment with the majority as well because according to Matthew 7 and 13 and 14, the Bible says that there will be few which go in. And if you are worshiping today and with the majority of how people worship, or if you've been saved, how the majority of people have been saved, and not what the Bible says, you're lost. And you will be lost in the day of judgment because the, the, gate, is, the gate is narrow. The way to heaven is narrow. Folks, let me tell you something. Everybody's not going to heaven. Only those who are faithful and only those who have used the authority of heaven to worship and how to be saved, those people are going to heaven. Some want to find their authority through tradition, emotions, and the majority. 
You see, we've got to be careful that, oh, look at this one. Some find their authority from their family. Hmm. Just spoke about that, didn't I? You know, you talk about a family and the majority. You know why I go back to the majority thought for a second? If we wanted to go majority today, we'd all need to convert over to Muslim. Because I'm going to tell you, the whole, there's a whole lot more of them than there are New Testament Christians. So the majority cannot be our authority. Family cannot be our authority. You look here in Galatians 1 and verse 14, and it profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. Notice what Matthew writes. He says, He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You see what that says to me? Is that if my mama or my daddy or my grandma and grandpa was of some religion that I have no authority of in that Bible, I would have to say, I can't go with you. I can't go with you. I love you. I love you, but I'm going to tell you, I found the truth. I love you, Mama. I'd love to bring you along with me. Let me teach you. First let me learn, and I'll teach you. You see, we can't find our authority with family. We cannot. You know, some want to say, if it's good enough for, for my family, it's good enough for me. And let me tell you this morning, I don't care how good your family is, none of them are above God. None of them. As we move on, some want to find authority from men, number one. Number two, authority from heaven. <clears throat> I wanted to, to tell you this morning, there's a lot of religious confusion in the world today. I've got family that are members of the Baptist church. I've got family that's members of the Methodist church. I've got family that's members that are Catholics. And there's a lot of confusion in religion today that needs not to be there. It doesn't need to be there because it's so simple. The Bible is so simple to understand. So this morning I asked the question, and I'm going to answer it, you answer it, but I'm going to answer it just as soon as you answer it. Can we know what we are doing as a Christian in the Lord's church in worship today and other things, aspects of our lives? Can we know if those things are right? Yes, we can. There don't have to be there don't have to be confusion. You can know whether you're worshiping or not. You can know today whether you were saved the way you should be have been saved. You see, there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
Ephesians 4. Only one. Not two. Not two religions, but one. Not two faiths, but one. We can know about those things. You know, we can't, we can know that Joseph Smith was wrong. We can know Buddha is wrong. Allah of the, of the Muslims is wrong. We can know that. We can know their worship is wrong. According to the Bible. Authority is it from heaven. You see, what we have to understand is the doctrine of Christ. In Galatians 5 and verse 2, Paul writes, he says, Behold, Paul, I say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. You see, some thought you had to be circumcised to become a Christian according to the old law. Paul, he said, that don't, that don't profit you anything. You have to come in contact with the blood of Christ. And notice what Galatians 2 and 21, Paul goes on and writes, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died what? In vain. He's dead in vain. If the old law still works, Christ died in vain. If all these religions are right in the world today, Christ died in vain. But I can tell you this morning that all these other religions are not right according to what my Bible says and what your Bible says. But notice in Matthew 7, a very familiar passage, 24 and 25, Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, what does it say? I'll liken him unto a wise man. And that wise man built his house upon a rock, and there was a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And when the fires and when the toils and all the things of life came, the rains came tumbling down. One house stood and one house went splat. You see, this morning we have to ask yourself, what authority is your house built upon? What authority is the Lord's house built upon that you're sitting in every first day of the week? What foundation is it built upon? Is it built upon a man's tradition? Is it built upon a man's thought? This is what I think needs to happen. Is it built upon mom and daddy? What's it built upon? You see, the doctrine of Christ, not the law of Moses. That's where authority from heaven comes. Christians are required to submit to the teachings of Christ. To the teachings of Christ. Notice in Matthew 28 and 18 and 20, we're very familiar with that. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, Power is given to me. All power. Notice that. All power, all authority is given to Jesus Christ. Can we agree upon that this morning? Okay. All authority. Now, before we go any further, if I tell you Jesus said this, are you going to agree with it or are you going to reject it? I hope you agree with it. But I'm going to tell you some stuff that's going to make you say, oh, Jesus said that? And if you ain't doing it, you ain't agreeing with Jesus. Now watch it. 
the teachings of Christ. All authority is given to me, heaven and earth. Go through every corner of all the nations, teaching, baptizing them in the name of, teaching them in all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe what? All things which I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the age, the end of the world. Amen. John 8 and 31, our Lord said, said Jesus to those disciples, the Jews there which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. John 12 and 48, you're very familiar with that. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, what Jesus has said, the same shall judge him in the last day. Second John in verse 9, as we've talked even in our Bible study this morning, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in what? The doctrine of Christ. You know what that means? What Christ said. That's what it meant. If Jesus says, we're going to do it. And he says, those who not have, don't have God. Who don't abide in the doctrine of Christ, you don't have God. You don't have religion. You may claim religion, but you don't have true religion. If it's not in Christ. Authority from heaven. The doctrine of the apostles. Not only do we abide by the doctrine of Christ, but the doctrine of the apostles, those who are witnesses to his death and burial and resurrection, those are inspired writings from the Holy Spirit. John 16, 12 through 15. The Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into what? Some of the truth? No, he says all the truth. See it? All the truth. He will speak and show you things to come. He'll glorify me. He shall receive mine. He'll show it unto you. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are what? Commandments of the Lord. You see, Paul said many times, do as I do. Paul's in the worship service, and, and most certainly if things were out of line in the worship service, he would have called them on it. He wouldn't have sat there and went along with it. He said, I've been taught. I've wrote this. You know what you ought to do. You see, the doctrine of the apostles is the same as the doctrine of Christ. The Holy Spirit inspired their teaching. Ephesians 3, authority from heaven. Four and five. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ is revealed unto his holy apostles. The apostles' doctrine was Christ's doctrine. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. You've heard us. You received it not as the word of men, but as it is truth, the word of God. 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16. They're from God. And beloved Paul, it speaks of there. Some authority from men, authority from heaven. You see, there's a difference there. Strong contrast. But not only do we get authority from 
heaven and the doctrine of Christ, but the doctrine of the apostles and their teachings, but the practices of the early church. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' what? Doctrine. And the apostles' doctrine connects back to Christ's teachings. And Christ's teachings connects back to God's ways and the Holy Spirit, the inspired word of the Holy Spirit. They continued in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and breaking bread and in prayers. Acts 20 and verse 7, notice what it says. Upon on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them already to depart on the morrow and continued his speech unto what? Midnight. Some of you now are saying, boy, it's 15 till. He's just on point two. Well, if we went to midnight, mm, even if we went to one o'clock. Philippians 4 and 4 through 9. A lot of stuff. Whatever things are true, things are honest, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, good report. He says, think on these things. Rejoice in the Lord always, he says. Authority from heaven comes from the doctrine of Christ, teachings of the apostles, the practices of the early church. We find approved examples. And I'm going to tell you something. When you take and you go through the Bible and you follow the early church in Acts chapter 2 all the way through the book of Acts in their worship services and how people were saved, it don't line up with the religious confusion we have today. It don't line up. It don't line up with what my family says you ought to do. But I had to say, family, I love God. And I'm going to do what God says. I'll come back for you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to learn myself. And then I'm going to teach you. You see, that's what we got to have. Is we got to have willing, just like my grandmother converted my grandfather out of, out of the Baptist faith. Staunch Baptist. His mother kicked him out of the house when she learned he was baptized into Christ. That's how staunch they were. When he found the truth in the churches of Christ through my grandmother's effort, he said, I've got it. He converted all of them but two, all of his brothers and sisters. But God used him as the vessel. God may want to use you as the vessel today to teach your family. Are you willing to be that vessel? That's the question. That's the question. Last point. Is it from heaven or men? You know, in our worship today, we have authority for our worship and I can tell you it's from heaven. What you have seen us do here thus far in our, in our worship service this morning and what we'll do tonight, I can promise you and I can show you chapter and verse for everything that we've done and will do here today. It's in the Bible. There's no other denomination that can do that. 
No one. You have to ask yourself, what I've been worshiping and what I've been doing, is it exactly like what the Bible says? Is it exactly what the early church in the day of Pentecost when it became into fruition and came about, is that, is that what I've been doing? If it's not, you need to go study. 1 Corinthians 16 and 1 and 2, concerning the collection for the saints, they had given orders to the church of Galatia, even so do, you, uh, do ye upon the first day of every week, let every one of him lay by in store. That says, giving you means. We're commanded to do that on the first day of the week. Now, I'm going to tell you, a lot of these denominational churches, they, now they won't, they won't take the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, but they'll pass that collection plate. They've got to keep them big salaries up. See, we're commanded to take the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. What does your religion do? Does your religion take the Lord's Supper every first day of the week? How are you taught? Scripture says every first day, every Sunday, take communion together, remembering the Lord's uh, death until he comes again. You see, what does it look like? When it comes to our singing, we don't have a piano or an organ or a band or drums or cymbals or, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> it says, let the word of Christ dwell in your visually and wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing. Ephesians 5, 19, sing and make melody in your heart. No instrument is mentioned anywhere. Anywhere. Is it from heaven or from men? Again, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, all things are given unto me, all power. 1 Corinthians 16 and 1, collection of the saints again. Your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, Philippians 1 and verse 5. Acts 2 and verse 38. You see, we have authority on the plan of salvation that we in the Lord's church promote because it's from heaven. And it's going to look exactly what you find being supported in the New Testament scripture and in the Bible that we read up. On the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and verse 38, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. What? For the remission of your sins? Or some say, well, that's just your culmination of showing out, showing your, your commitment to God. That's hogwash. You are baptized for the remission of your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit by the authority of those. Notice in Acts 22 and verse 16. Saul's so asked there, Why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized, wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Mark 16 and 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. You see, that's scripture. That's authority from heaven. And some say, oh, you ain't got to be baptized. Oh, no. Real quickly, go to uh, Acts chapter 16. 
We got, we got, uh, we got religions and all across this county and counties around us and all across Tennessee. Sometimes they, they say, well, I, they're sa I'm saved. When I call upon the name of the Lord, accept him as my personal Savior, might even have you say a little prayer. I'm saved. Nowhere do we find that in the Bible, by the way. But the second thing is, you are not saved until you come in contact with the blood of Christ. And I'm going to tell you what, what they do is, well, I'm saved. I ask people all the time, well, I'm saved. I had a guy one time on a golf course. <laughs> Abigail was playing in a tournament. His daughter was playing against my daughter. And uh, he said, boy, I got some good news. We've known him. We've been playing against his daughter for some time now. He said, well, my daughter got saved. I said, well, that's great. I said, so he said, late last night. I said, so y'all went to the bathroom and baptized her last night at 2 o'clock in the morning? Well, no, 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 no. She saved them. I said, no, wait a minute. That's not why it lines up with the scripture. Notice here in Acts 16. Notice with me. I don't have this on the screen. But on Acts 16, in the, in the jailer's conversion, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house, and he took them two weeks later and washed their stripes and baptized. Is that what that says? No. It says he took him the same hour. You see, when one is saved, baptism saves you through the washing and regeneration of the blood of Christ. You can't be saved by saying some prayer or accepting Jesus as your Savior. Oh, you accept Him, all right. I'm going to make that commitment to you and I'm going to live for you faithfully all the days of my life, but you've got to be baptized. In the book of John, in chapter 3, in the story of Jesus and Nicodemus, he said, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he shall not see the kingdom of heaven. Baptism is necessary. And it's the authority from heaven. So, with that said, how are you saved? Romans 10, verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your faith, how did your faith come about? Did you believe on him? He that believed, Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You repent of your sins, Acts 2 and 38, Peter told him on the day of Pentecost, men and brethren, what shall we do? Back in verse 37, 38, Peter answers him and says, be baptized for the mission of your sins. Confess his name, Acts 8 and 37. The, the, the eunuch there made that great confession. I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And baptized, as we just read in Acts 22 and verse 16, and living faithful for him. This morning, maybe you need to become a Christian. We encourage you to do that. Maybe some of the things I said to you this morning, you said, well, I didn't know that even existed. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was even in the Bible. I've never been taught that. Well, I can tell you why in the denominations they don't want you to hear these things because it's contrary to what they've been teaching all these years, what some man says. And if they do that, they lose you. See, God wants you. 
Oh, God wants you. We want you. We want you to know the truth. My desire is that every, just the same as God, is that every person go to heaven. But I'm going to tell you, we're not going to get there by the authority of men or the authority of traditions. It's got to be from the authority of heaven. Got to be. So this morning, maybe you need to become a Christian. We encourage you to do that. Maybe you need to confess sin. We've already had one that said, I, I've sinned. We've prayed with her already this morning. Maybe you need to confess those sins and, and be back right with the Lord and recognize that authority that's in your life. This morning, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand and as we sing. <clears throat>